<laughs> We're going to do this every time? Oh, yeah. This, this is, is not the Anything But Quiet Time podcast music. No, it is not. Um, and due to a technical malfunction, all we have is this today. <laughs> um, so, yes, we are back. The Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Now, if you haven't checked out the first episode of this series... No, 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 no. That's how it always is when in those When kids' movies. nursery rhymes get involved, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> this is the second episode of our series, The Seven Deadly Sins, that mm. we chose to go over at a scary time in October. Um, Rochelle and Carter, we go over what we're going through spiritually, yeah. but we decided to take on uh, this, this subject. Absolutely. You know, I was reading this morning in the book of Luke when Jesus says, what can man do to you? Yeah, sure, he could take your life, but God actually has the power to do so much more by sending you to hell. Mm. And he's very bold like that. Yeah. So when you say that, you know, we're going over creepy stuff, it is creepy when you start looking in the spiritual mirror and realize I'm guilty of envy. By definition that we talked about the last time on the podcast, envy is joy at another's misfortune and sorrow at the fortune of someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been there. I have felt those things. Those things. Mm-hmm. So it's an opportunity for us to grow in Christ and then also not just go, oh, that is creepy that that's where I have been. But now, wait, there is redemption because of what Jesus did for us. We don't have to stay in a place of envy. We can actually grab hold of the opposite. Gratitude is what we can have. Well, every one of these, of the seven, um, today we're going to do two more, gluttony uh, and sloth, laziness. And so... It, with each one of these, there's a a different attribute, a a flip it on its head, and what can we do instead? Yeah, type of thing. Um, so, as a Baptist, I will go first with gluttony. <laughs> <clears throat> I love it. I love it. No, I think you volunteer as tribute. I volunteer as tribute. Honestly, gluttony isn't the one that I talk about because it's one of those that I don't feel like I struggle with, but then. If I take a step back, I go, maybe every day of my life I struggle with it. Like, mm. it's the overindulgence, but where's the line? Okay. And it's kind of a hard, I think there's I, there's a good reason we don't talk about it. Because here's what people outside of Christianity will do. You don't talk about your capitalism and your, and your gluttony. Mm-hmm. You never talk about that. And that's a good point. I think, yeah, because we're afraid of it sometimes, but also because I don't think we quite understand it. And mm. so I would love, yeah, a, a, a one sermon or a series on gluttony of <laughs> where is the line? I can enjoy a dessert. Really go after it and try to figure this out. Yeah. yeah you can enjoy a dessert. Absolutely. It's when you take it to a place of sin where that's, it becomes gluttony. And so, this, now this sounds like Abbott Ab and Costello. That's what I want to know. That's, that's what, what I'm trying to know. find out. Yeah. Okay. So there's a few examples in scripture, um, more than a few actually, in, in terms of what gluttony is. But, you know, let's just kind of look at the definition of gluttony. Having the most excess of anything, even mm-hmm. fine food, as opposed to just, you know, overeating. And of course, then there is the the definition of overeating. <laughs> um, but it's it's like having to, when we allow the craving for food to become the master over decision making, and we have become slaves to that. Now I'm in a place of sin. Mm. And I've certainly been there. Oh, absolutely. Food. Mm. And I've even thought, well, is it just food or is it other stuff? Well, I think the other seven deadly sins, and this is where I think we see them overlap. If it's, let's say, um, I know a lot of guys struggle with lust. Mm-hmm. So that 
could you say that that's um, the gluttony version of, you know, sexual desire? I think you could. Sure. Um, greed. Wanting to yeah. hold on to stuff because that's going to satisfy me. But gluttony specifically, and I, and I think when they tailor-made these particular sins in terms of, I, they didn't make these sins. I'm saying when they pointed Put them, them together, out, right. Yes. In the fourth century, when the first monk said, hey, these are things that we should watch out for. Mm-hmm. I think it was in regards to, especially with early Christianity, um, it was like looking for the finer things of life. So Jesus tells us in that same chapter where he's warning us about, you know, you shouldn't be worried about what man can do to you. It's chapter 12. Don't keep worrying about something to eat or drink. Only people who don't know God are always worrying about such things. Your father knows what you need. Mm. Put God's work first and these things will be yours as well. And he says, my little group of disciples, don't be afraid because your father wants to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have. Give the money to the poor. Make yourselves money bags that never wear out. Make sure your treasure is safe in heaven where, where thieves can't steal it. Moths can't destroy it. And your heart will always be where your treasure is. When we start to value food, drink, those types of moments, allow those to, to build up in our minds. As this is the satisfying thing. Yeah. And it starts to rule over you. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever done this. And some might even question whether this could be considered stepping towards a gluttonous place. But if you've ever had your heart set on a certain meal and then another family member is like, but I, could we eat here instead? And it's like really, really difficult for you to switch gears. Mm. It's like, well, am I allowing some grace in this moment to override what I was desiring at first? Can I allow Jesus to help me switch gears here? What truly sure. matters is the relationship with this other person. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's circumstances where it's like, you don't understand what was taking place that day. Well, I'm not talking about special circumstances. I'm just talking about... Is it controlling me? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question to ask. And allowing me to make choices that later on I have to apologize for. I think one thing in here are, because what's what's common right now or or trendy right now with, especially I think more millennials than, than Gen Z, uh, is minimalism and mm-hmm. traveling and experiences. And I think that there is a, Um, Research shows that you have better memories and enjoy life more if you go for experiences rather than uh, materialistic things. Okay, But that doesn't mean that experiences and traveling uh, can't be an idol either. Oh, my word. That can turn into a pride place for me because now I'm looking down my nose now that I've arrived to a better place. I'm a world traveler. Mm -hmm. I'm not gluttonous and I'm allowing the experience rather than... The taste. Yeah. It's still, it's still. It's putting something on a pedestal. Yeah. No, that's an interesting, that's an interesting way of saying it. So, yeah, I, so I, I think this is the elephant in the room for me. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Okay. Okay. We're going with gluttony. Come on. All right. Yeah. Come on. Captain Elephant over here. Listen, as a woman who has stood in front of the pantry hoping nobody saw (laughs) eating the row of Oreos or whatever it was, it's all good. (laughs) Let's talk about Thanksgiving. Okay. Or Christmas or whatever feast. Yeah. Right. I think it's it's very it's very um, different Mm -hmm. for me. To have an overeating problem constantly 
as opposed to one day okay. choosing to, you know, we always talk about un- unbuckling our belt and making sure. room for seconds and all that stuff. What, what You've your... written songs about it. Yes. Yes, we have. <laughs> oh. And I, I mean, we, I we gotta have, find I guess. <laughs> eating all the dressing. I got to find. Um, but I love that day. And it's not it's not just for the food. I, I love the weather at that time of the year. I love football. I love a lot of things about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and family. <clears throat> um, but but I don't know. Let's just throw that out there and see what you what would you concise about about uh, Thanksgiving? <sighs> OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to name some biblical examples mm-hmm. and then let's kind of come back to it. So maybe sure. we can kind of work work all this out together. So Nabal is this guy who David is in, he's in the throngs of trying to stay alive and do well. And he and his guys are on the run and he asks for some help. (laughs) He's been watching over some of Nabal's servants. And whenever they're out with, you know, the sheep, I think the pastures, if I'm remembering the story correctly, he takes care of them, protects them. And he brings that to the attention of Nabal. And Nabal was like, I don't care. Because what David is asking for is, I've, I've tried to be hospitable. We've left your people alone. We've even watched out for them. And the people testify to that. They're like, yeah, David's a good guy. His men were always kind to us. It was a great situation. And Abigail, the wife of Nabal, recognizes David as this guy who's, I mean, he is a godly guy. <laughs> he killed Goliath. People know who David is, mm-hmm. right? Don't mess with David. He's got some street cred. He's got a lot of street cred. And Naval doesn't care. And he's living this lifestyle where he has so much wealth at his disposal. Not willing to lift a finger, doesn't care at all. Forget him. David's mad and he's about ready to come out and just take out Naval mm-hmm. and all of his people. When Abigail hears, because one of the servants of Naval comes to her, the wife of Naval, and says, do you hear what he just said to David? And she freaks out. She's like starts packing up donkeys with food and supplies, comes out to meet David on his way to take them out. Oh, yeah. And she's bowing down, prostrate on the ground. My husband basically is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Gives him all this food. And David is impressed with her. And he said, you have kept me from doing something that was wrong today. I appreciate you. I came to my senses. I, I don't know what came over me. And, and thank you for your hospitality, took the food and everything. Naval later actually, um, when he comes, when she comes back to the home and tells him what happened, the Bible kind of describes it. You could look at maybe a, as a stroke or he goes into a coma, but it says like he's a stone hmm. and he dies. And she actually becomes like the second wife of King David. Hmm. It's an incredible story. But he gets drunk that day. Like he eats to excess, he drinks to excess, whatever you want to call it. And we see a gluttonous lifestyle and it's not paying off because somehow I think that bleeds over into his not caring about other people around him. Certainly not the well-being of his servants. He could care less that somebody else was protecting his people. So there's an example. Esau is another example where he's got the birthright. He's the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham. Abraham has been promised by God above. Your people are my chosen people, my kind of people. And so by birthright, Esau is the oldest. He's the first one that comes out. They're twins, Jacob and Esau. And he <laughs> he's so hungry that he allows his desire for food to make a choice for him that overrides common sense. Mm-hmm. He goes out hunting. It's not like he's slothful per se. He went out hunting. So 
he was hungry. (laughs) And instead of just taking a beat and saying, maybe I could make some food, Jacob's already got a stew going. And he's like, hey, give me some of that stew. And Jacob's smart, sly, and he's a deal maker and uh, a cheater as well. (laughs) So I'll give you some soup, but you got to give me your birthright. Doesn't it's like he doesn't even blink. Okay. That's why you always have chips on hand. (laughs) The meal's cooking and you have something to snack on. Yeah. Uh, Belshazzar is another one who let drinking go to his head in a bad way. And he is uh, the kin of Nebuchadnezzar. And there's this big party. And he's like, hey, go get all of this stuff. That, you know, this is when uh, Israel and Judah have been exiled into Babylon. And they have taken out everything that is worth something from the temple. And he says, bring out all the temple gold, the, the goblets, the things that are used in you know, these Hebrew people's worship, I'm going to drink out of their goblets. I'm going to drink out of this stuff that's supposed to be for their God. He got real high and mighty, made bad choices, got drunk. And the writing was on the wall, literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Daniel, the prophet, comes in and he reads this writing that appears by this, this hand that has no body attached to it, just starts writing on the wall, basically saying, your kingdom's out, Persia's in. So there are some examples in the Bible where excess... Does the person no good? We even get a parable in that same chapter in Luke chapter 12 where the guy has a really good harvest and he's like, oh, you know what I should do is just build more barns and just fill them to capacity. I'm going to have all this stuff for forever. Sure. Yeah. And this is all, I mean, this is what I need. It's excess. Doesn't think about giving it to the poor. And then the parable goes, God says, thou fool, because I'm going to have your life tonight. Mm -hmm. You won't have a tomorrow to enjoy this excess that you're keeping for yourself. There's, it's not going to be a blessing to your life. I, I guess when I sense gluttony, because, you know, we'll revisit Thanksgiving, because I, you know, because I see Jesus at feasts, mm-hmm. you know, things like sure. that. It's obviously not wrong to have Thanksgiving. He was accused of being gluttonous. And he was, and a drunkard. Um, you see, I think, that hoarder mentality mm-hmm. that is what is certainly being despised. Maybe that's not all of it in the gluttonous attitude. You know, if I have a steak and I have a little more room, yeah, it's like, well, well I'll just have another one or have some dessert or whatever, <laughs> you know, and and it's like, but but especially I think I, I know I know, you know, what I can identify what's wrong is mm-hmm. having a second steak, realizing somebody in the family didn't get one or your neighbor next door, you know, is literally starving yeah. and you're not even willing to bring them anything. Yeah. You know, that type of thing is certainly being condemned here. Yeah. And and I think uh, where I struggle is in the land of plenty mm-hmm. um, that we live in. That's a very or, good observation. We are living in a rich society in that way. Or in, you know, even just good times, you know, mm-hmm. say when unemployment's low or whatever, and you got nobody you can even think of that's, yeah, where is the line of, but I think that, that the other half of it is, is it controlling you? Sure. Are you willing, are you hoarding and... um uh, what's the word? Uh, oh, it's a perfect word. Um, stingy, stingy. Stingy, okay. Um, or, uh, also, regardless of that, maybe and or, is it consuming your life? That's a wonderful question to have. And you're asking this Thanksgiving question and it's like, okay, is this truly sin? If mm-hmm. I got an extra helping of potatoes? Right, right. And so that's a Holy Spirit thing. I don't <laughs> think you have scripture that's going to tell you exactly the formula 
that you need to know whether you've crossed over into sin. But if you are open and receptive to his voice, and Jesus tells us, you know my voice. You're my sheep. You know my voice. So you know when you've gone over the limit. Now, if that voice is diminished over the years because you keep pushing it back, sure. that the still small voice will get smaller still. Yeah. So you have to be careful with that. But Lord, like every day, just kind of renewing that. I want to live a purpose-filled life. I want it to bring glory and honor to you and the things that I say, do, eat, how I act. And it's, yeah, it's a day-by-day kind of thing. There are days where I feel like I'm more hungry than others. Does that mean I'm eating to excess? I mean, that literally it's like, all right, God, I'm about to eat this this plate of food. There have been times where you go to the buffet, you pay a ridiculous amount of money for that buffet, mm-hmm. and you're going to, quote, eat your money's worth. Yes, you are. You got to get your money's worth. And then you think about, well, should I have even stepped into this place in the first place? I don't know. Yeah. But I, I get it. I know what you're, I know those feelings. It's a hard question. It's a hard question. It is. But when it starts to control the decision making Mm. Mm -hmm. and when it takes you to a place that, you know, you have crossed a line, whatever that line is, you have to take into account because you are the temple of God in that, not just spirit, but soul and body. And mind. And it really is kind of a mind thing, isn't it? Sometimes it's mind over matter. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Well, with laziness, Mm. sloth is the next one. By the way, uh, you know, here we are, a second episode of the seven deadly sins. And uh, the Bible doesn't necessarily put these together, but all of them are sin. So in the first episode, we kind of cover some dude in the fourth century, put them all together. (laughs) Um, but and then they got tampered with along the way. They yeah. got tampered with, you know, what's what's right, and what's wrong, and yeah. what, what should, should go together. But um, these two, we just kind of paired them in what we felt connected the best. They kind of do. And could I just read this proverb real quick yeah. before we move on to sloth? Oh, yeah. For, for gluttony, Proverbs 25, 28 says, a person without self-control, ooh, self-control, is like a city with broken down walls. And broken down walls so back in the day, the walls around the city were its protection against, you know, the offense. Mm-hmm. Your defense is taken out. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you know, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. It and, is. And to um, not have it or put it on the back burner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that is the opposite of gluttony is temperance. It's hmm. it's control. So self-control we can do it in Jesus name. It's right yeah. there. Uh, laziness obviously ties in with that. And if you want some great verses on both of these Proverbs is kind of oh, the, Proverbs, yes. kind of the, uh, the, the palm to the forehead, you know, like Frank to George <laughs> Costanza, you know, what are you doing? You know, and you just <laughs> pop them right on the forehead. Isn't it ironic that the guy who came up with all of these really wise sayings, you know, was super guilty of committing all of these sins. Mm. Solomon admittedly tried everything. Yeah. And That's he, true. And he admits in Ecclesiastes is like, it's all just blowing in the wind anyway. No joy in it. Yeah. You know? Um, I want to get to this one last. Well, let's okay, start with okay. Proverbs 26 here. Ooh. Um, a sluggard yes. says, a sluggard. there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming in the streets. Uh, as a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. Uh, it is it is not kind to somebody who is lazy 
uh, is not focused. Nobody um, wants to be called lazy. No. We take offense to that. But there are days I'm just, I don't want to. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that Solomon also uses sluggard. When he, do you remember he he references an ant in Proverbs chapter six? He referenced, I had to look that up, by the way. I don't have that memorized. But in Proverbs chapter six, he's like, consider the ant sluggard. You see this little ant is so busy. Yeah. All yeah. the time. You never, you never see a, an ant just laying there. What's wrong with it? Push it. Oh, it was asleep. No, it's never. <laughs> no, yeah, it's always doing. That's true. That's a very good point. Busy little ant. It's consider the ant sluggard. <laughs> I, you know, and obviously this is going to be. Um, I think that the the hot topic around this nowadays is rest and self care, because we always want to make sure that we. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Mm -hmm. America, the world even, is overworked. Mm -hmm. We do focus too much on being too busy to impress people with all of our activities and hobbies and things and work hours and all that and promotions. Um, so it is good to take time to relax. But I think now the culture can be self-care, pampering, got to make sure to, you know, mm -hmm. take care of me. And it can turn to doing nothing. Where's the balance? It's I mean, tough. Everywhere you look, though, there is imbalance. Even in our news, I was sharing this with my husband the other night. There is a figure in the news getting lamb blasted by one network and praised by another. So one sees him as the Antichrist, the other as the Messiah. Mm -hmm. There is no balance in saying, well, listen, he could work on this, but he's doing well here. Right. Isn't that what? <laughs> so that's yeah. society. You're either all in or you're canceled. And I think that's why for us right now in society, it's easier. We did envy and wrath last week. Mm -hmm. uh, next week, we will do lust and greed. Um, I think pride might be along with these, but I think these two. Mm. Oh, is there. Lust it, and greed. Uh, sorry. These two right here today. Oh, OK. Uh, laziness and. Uh, yeah. Sloth and, and gluttony. Uh, sloth and gluttony. That is. These are the hardest to find. Where did it cross over to being wrong? Yeah. Envy, I I just know. Lust, I just know. Greed, yeah. I just know. Well, because it's so easy to, all right, because I don't want to be accused of slothfulness or mm -hmm. being a sluggard. I'm going to work, 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 which can even go into a place of pride. Yeah. So I, I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think these three, I'll, I'll throw pride in with this, but these two today, especially, are the are the the tough ones with the line. Yeah. Um, One thing that I think is, powerful. And I just heard this verse for the first time, um, or, or at least realized it the first time a month or two ago. Um, this is in first Timothy five, eight, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Man. Don't want to be accused of that. Do you? No. 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 And I, I come from a line of a pretty good work ethic, but I think that just stuns me. I, I think I think I come from a line of good work ethic and sometimes I'll take a step back and go, you know, why why does it have to be? Why is work so important? Um, and then I see. Because it it's become a tradition mm -hmm. of a man should provide for his family yeah. in, in whatever in whatever way. Right. But to make sure to be the caretaker of the household and make sure that things are being supplied and, and people are cared for. And um, that is, I think, what was trying to be lived out 
even if relatives over the, you know, I have one distant relative that I'm like, man, he works all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think there's an element of this that has stuck around for generations. And why you see American men over the past few decades um, trying to do this, Mm. even if it now is an unhealthy place because it's just about work and career and making me look good. I think the what the forefathers had was this verse in mind. So there's an incredible example of sloth in scripture, and we can get to that uh, by definition through what um, these, you know, early Christians uh, would uh, sloth, a lack of care for performing spiritual duties. Mm. It wasn't even like a physical situation Mm -hmm. that they were kind of like, like, hey, Mm -hmm. we're accountable to the king of kings here. Sure. So there's stuff that we need to make sure we're doing. Um, Sloth can be a kind of sadness. Now, I mentioned in the last podcast we did about how sadness was in the original eight, I believe, uh, that the first monk who was like, hey, these are things we need to watch out for. Uh, yeah, you put it up there. But sadness, it's where a person can become sluggish with their spiritual exercises okay. because, you know, they weary the body. It's tiring to do these things day in, day out. And I think... Uh, I've definitely been in those places where if I get into too much of a routine, too much of a pattern, it might even become a boring type of thing. Yeah. So where yeah. you want to just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. So you got to mix it up. You got to spice it up a little bit so you don't get to that place. But, you know, sloth in the parable of the talents, it's that guy. Like at first when I read the parable, I'm like, wow, I really feel like Jesus was kind of harsh to that guy. But here's this this guy has got a kingdom and he's going to go away for whatever reason. And he puts three servants in charge of some money. And there's this one guy who gives five bags of gold. And there's this other guy who gives a couple bags of gold. And there's one guy who gives one. Yeah. Something like that. And the guy with the most is like, well, I'm going to show this guy that I can be trusted with responsibility here. And he goes and he, he does well and he doubles it. The second guy doubles his two. The last guy... <laughs> So the way I read it was like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. This guy's a harsh guy. What if I don't do very well? You know what? I don't want to lose it. So I'm just going to go bury it. And then when the guy comes back, the guy who buries his talent in the sand is the guy that he gets kicked out of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But I saw it displayed in a cartoon for my kids once. And I'm like, I like the way it displays it because the guy was just plain lazy. It wasn't fear based or motivated. It was just, you know what? It's going to be fine as long as I leave things as they are. I can give it back to him. No harm, no foul. That kind of attitude. Where we justify our actions or or inactions. Yeah. And so when things are not, when you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to motivate your actions, and you are choosing. I mean, th- this is where the sloth thing, the laziness comes in. And you know when you get off the couch today, Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> that laundry's going to keep piling up. Now, there are days where you need to let it pile up. But if I keep allowing myself an excuse, you're never going to run out of them. Yeah. And I think what we can't afford a day off with is the spiritual action. That's right. Now, and I don't mean, I, by no means am I somebody, uh, I can sit here and tell you I haven't read the Bible every day, every single day. I'm not in a good habit of that. Um, I'll listen to a podcast. I'm shunning or do you that. right now. Yeah. Shun, See? Uh, reshun. Reshun unshun. or un- unshun. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's got to be something where 
it's it's a prayer. It's it's got to be a you connect. focus somehow, connect somehow, because yeah. that's that's what can't go. I know that I get wrecked if I get out of my routine. Yeah. You know, I go somewhere, I travel somewhere. I'm like, I'm, vac- I'm on vacation. I'm fine. You know, and then you're all of a sudden you just are not well mentally. And you and, can't afford not to connect with God. Yeah. And he knows that. So it's not like he's putting it on a chore list. He's like, look, this is good. You turn away from me a little bit because you're not making time for me. You are going to be distracted and the enemy's going to come in. Yeah. So it's really for your benefit. And it's equated. Slothfulness is equated to waste. Hmm. I don't, I don't want to waste anything. I don't want to waste a moment. And if, and this isn't to kick yourself. If, if you found yourself in that place, which I, I do that a lot when I find myself in a place of where I've, wow, I have committed one of these atrocious things. First of all, it just should be a reminder that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. And Jesus fixed it on the cross and I can come to him and I get grace every time for my, when I ask for forgiveness. Absolutely. Um, The opposite of sloth, diligence. So just finding yourself, like, if it's too routine and that's why you're putting it off, mix up the routine with your prayer life, um, with time with your kids, putting stuff off, mix it up. Yeah. And be diligent. And I it's it's a blessing when you start realizing it's so much better when you find your place yourself in a place of health than when you're like, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to. And then don't you feel like junk after a while? When yeah, because it, it, it feels good at first. of like, you know, what? because yeah. uh, I hear. Here, OK, here, here's what I do. Uh-huh. We work early in the morning. Right. And even a pastor was telling me about this recently uh, when it comes to ministry. But but even let's just take schedule for right now. I want to turn off my brain when mm-hmm. I go home. Sure. And I sit here and I've literally had the conversation with myself in my head. Well, I know what would be better uh, is reading the Bible, but my mind's going to have to like think. work and think. <laughs> right. So right. I'll just turn on Netflix. And he even said, the pastor I was talking to said, for me, it's dangerous because work is ministry. Ministry is work. Mm-hmm. And I want to, like we all do in a way, get away from work mm. when I leave work. Mm-hmm. But faith can't be right. work because I still need faith. And you can't compartmentalize that. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> of months to appreciate pastors, this is Pastors Appreciation right. Month, and you could show them some love knowing that, yeah, they deal with that. Sure. Um, but I, I, on, on all of these, I love what you were saying of, you know, we've all fall short of the glory of God. When we talk about these and how to get better and pastors talk about that fancy word, sanctification, sanctification, would you say $5 word? The going rate is a dollar a syllable. Dollar a syllable. Uh, Syllable. (laughs) I can't say syllable, so that was just a four word. (laughs) (laughs) You take a syllable out of syllable. Um, So when we talk about how to get better, I think it can scare us and it can scare unbelievers, new believers in Jesus that. Well, I have to be good enough in some way. No, we just have to recognize where we fail so that he can come in and make up the difference. Because we can't do this on our own. And that's what's awesome. Because he's got it for us in the cupboard, the pantry. Yeah. The Holy Spirit pantry. It's available. And But, but I mean, literally in salvation. He, yeah. he is the one that did the work. Saved it. Yeah. So if I'm a greedy person, a lustful person, a lazy person. Which, by the way, you are. Yeah, in some way. Yeah. I we guess I guess are. in all ways, but obviously... One of these might stick out to you more than another. Jesus says, if you've committed any of these things, even just a little bit in your heart, it's the same. Mm. So it's like, oh, well, then who is saved? Exactly. Mm -hmm. You needed somebody to come in 
and do something for you. And that's where and he comes in. Let me say that those people, because we've talked about ex-evangelicals here lately on the, on the podcast before, mm-hmm. for those people that got discouraged and left or thinking about leaving because somebody in your church or your life is a better than thou Christian. Yeah. Mm, I don't struggle with that. You do? Don't listen to that person. Well, it sounds like a person who might need a little look in the mirror for some pride. We're going to have that episode. And I can say that as a person who has had those thoughts. Mm. I have probably, I better not have shared them out loud with that individual. I, I don't remember doing that, but I have certainly had those thoughts and struggle. And so that's, you, you were talking about part and parcel. You met a person that has obviously made some life choices that you didn't agree with. And you had a conversation with your your child about. Yeah, it. I could just tell from the appearance of this individual that they were making some choices that we did not agree with. However, because of our conversation, Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter and I have been talking about seven deadly sins. I'm telling this to my 12 year old. I am recognizing in my own life envy. I am recognizing in my own life these things that we're talking about, then I'll bring up the Bible story account so that he can go, huh? Yeah, I've related to the story of Jacob and Esau before, or huh? I've related to that parable that Jesus told us. Yeah, I I get where maybe I have made that judgment and error. And I said, so here we are. We already have claimed that Jesus Christ is our best friend. He's our Lord and Savior. He saved us by dying on the cross. We believe that he rose again so that I can too. Mm-hmm. And yet... I'm still doing the thing I shouldn't be doing. I'm having to ask for forgiveness and and repent of that and move forward because maybe you're not living it the way that you you know you should be. And so it is for that very reason Jesus is warning us against the judging of others Mm -hmm. because he knows that we are going to struggle in this life. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. You will be tempted. There will be days where you give in to that temptation. You need my redemption for it. Well, it, it's and if I could just say, yeah. it doesn't mean that I don't make judgment calls about sin where I see another one failing. It's an opportunity for me to go. I choose not to go down that path, but I also choose not to judge that individual because they're but for the grace of God, go I. It's when we're at this elevated place of hmm. Yeah. Or we when we watch TV and somebody on the news Oh, that person's a monster. Yeah. And we categorize it. And I do find, I just find it very interesting, especially in the culture that we live in of the political correctness. Mm -hmm. Here's one person that we all lambast for a season. Yeah. And in fact, I'll, I'll just say, um, yeah, I'll I'll get specific with this one. Um, no, no, no. I I guess I won't use names, but I'll say (laughs) one, Rochelle would make, we, Rochelle would make me redo it after, at the end of this. (laughs) So, um, don't do that. There much. Was, there, <laughs> much. There was one talk show host mm. that interviewed another talk show host. Okay. When that the second one I mentioned, uh, let's just let's let's use fake names. Uh, Chuck and Dave. Chuck interviews Dave because Dave is going through sexual harassment allegations. Okay. Chuck, in this mighty way that he said it, uh, in a how could you do that? How could you, why would you even go there? How could Mm. you, months later, a year later, Chuck, we find out, Mm -hmm. is doing the same thing. Yeah. And here is exactly why Jesus says to not judge lest ye be judged because we can call out what sin is, but to say I am above it 
And I can't believe that you struggle with this or still struggle with this. No, there by the, the grace of God go I. <laughs> and I also, we talked about how anybody that is doing something has a reason for it. Mm. It might not be a, a good reason, a biblical reason, but it might be a childhood trauma. Sure. It might be a, a traumatic experience. It might be they just haven't, they don't even know. They just haven't heard the good news about Jesus and the right way to live. And I think that's how with anybody in my life that struggles with these, hopefully we've all looked inward, but if somebody comes to mind, certainly a couple people today do in in my life, I should take a step back and go, there's a reason that they struggle. I watched a show recently where a family who I know for a fact are not believers in Christ, the dad, very sweet father, shares on camera, all that people are desiring in this world are to find love and live in peace. I think that's a pretty accurate statement. Mm -hmm. And I think if that's what we're all desiring, then we are simply looking for a community. Mm. If we are truth seeking, I think we will eventually land on the doorstep of one Jesus Christ because he says, I am the truth. I'm the way Mm -hmm. I'm the life. If we are really out to seek truth and not comfort, And I also think that because people are searching for love and, and, and peace and community in that sense, they land in places that are less than God's best. Mm -hmm. And we have to have compassion and grace and we have to have it so that they can know where to find that truth in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, if we're turning people away left and right, because it doesn't match our belief system, well, then what are we doing here? Jesus said, I came to save the sick, not the ones already healed. Yeah. So, you know, Lord, forgive us of our laziness when there's an opportunity to reach out and love on somebody. Lord, forgive me of my my ways of overindulging in things that aren't not the best for me. I mean, these are things that we have to, uh, yeah, uh, just call it a, what it is, repent and move forward. It's not about dragging you down. No, because he said, my burden is easy and light. Mm, that's good. Uh, next week, we will hit some interesting ones. Lust and greed. We'll uh, finish the series with oh, those uh, are easy. pride. Yeah. Oh, Super those are easy. So easy. <laughs> Two quick things today. Did you know, mm. maybe there's a lesson in it, but uh, I think it's just a fascinating uh, thing that I've heard about Bill Gates for years. This is not a joke. He, when there's a hard problem, a hard way about doing things, you can imagine the innovative days of Microsoft. When there was a problem that they just couldn't figure out an efficient way to do things, he would, and I guess the person didn't know, he would find the laziest person in the company <laughs> to find, to put them on the hardest job. Okay. So that yeah. they could find the easiest way of doing it. That's genius. Bill Gates isn't the lazy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's uh, yeah. He may be a controversial figure in a lot of people's world, but at the same time, there there are a reason why people, when they're building empires, are at the top of them. There might be something to glean there, even if you don't ad- ad- sure. adhere to their philosophy, their work ethic. But right. that's interesting. Um, another <laughs> another quick thing about the you mentioned in the story of Daniel about the yeah. hand. Yes. I don't know. Did you ever hear the rest of the story about the hand? What? I didn't hear the rest of the story. About it was just hand. a hand, just right? Just a hand. And the poor parents, they yeah. just, they had a hand as, a, as a kid, right? Like the, they birthed a hand, mm-hmm. only yeah, a hand? Only a hand. That's yeah. weird. And so then the hand pops up in the story. But mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. years later on the hand's 17th, 18th birthday, yeah. the parents figured out there is a technology 
that will allow the hand to be connected to a body. Oh, wow. So he would be a whole person. That's exactly right. Or she. And so, and, and so yeah, I, I can remember if the hand was a, a male or female. It's neither here nor there. And so uh, they, they, they're really excited that they figured out this technology. Yeah, it sounds exciting. And they go to the, the hand. Yeah, mom and dad. Guess what? We're getting you for your birthday. And the hand says, oh, man, not another glove again. Speaking of sin. Uh, what? <laughs> what? That's a great joke. That's a great joke. Was it, I don't know, hand gestures? How did he communicate to his parents about the glove? <laughs> Next week, continuing on the seven deadly sins here with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast and uh, everything else uh, hope related at hopeondemand.com. <laughs>